my guy. What's going down? What's up, big dog? Not a lot. Ready to talk wrestling. Man, you I'm ready. All right. Well, welcome, everybody, to Unscripted Violence. It's me, Staggered Lee, along with J-Dog, Jason. Let's go. Let's go. I got some news for us, I hear. Yeah, all kinds of news. A bit, a, kind of a weird story. I'm still trying to figure out what's going on. A lot of people are going on. But Fightful Select reported today, they did a story, that someone in AEW uh, was contacted by WWE asking when their contract was up and if they would consider jumping ship. And this person was anonymous, so they didn't want to be have their name out there. And I guess this person went to the higher-ups at AEW and said, hey, I just want to let you know I'm happy here. But they're trying to, like, recruit me, kind of. So you yeah. might want to kind of be careful. And uh, that's kind of, like, some people are like, is that tampering? Is that illegal? Can Tony Khan sue? Because, you know, they have contracts. So kind of a weird thing to come out Um that's something I would have expected under maybe the Vince regime, but I don't know if I would have really expected that under the Triple H regime. I don't know. That's a really weird move. Uh, and I know it's not. Do. And I know it's not Cole or Malachi Black. I, I can probably guarantee that because Tony Khan came out last week and said, you know, I got Adam Cole signed to a five-year contract and I got Malachi Black signed to a five-year contract. So I know it's him, but a lot of people are pointing on Andrade. I don't, I don't know if it was or not. Like I said. But he seems pretty happy in AEW. I know a lot of people talk about his TV time and stuff and the pushes he gets and whatnot. But, like, he gets to go wrestle with AAA and wrestling and other things like that. The only thing I think maybe he misses being with his wife. I don't know. Because I don't ever see Charlotte leaving. But um, there'll be a lot of speculation. And there's probably more to come to this story. But kind of kind of want to see what Tony's response to this is going to be. Yeah. But I, you know that when he responds to it, he responds really emotionally too. Well, I hope he thinks about it first. Yeah. Because in a way, it's almost like a good thing. Like, hey, they're trying to, you know, we must be doing something right if we're trying to steal our talent. But then another way, you got to look at it like, hey, they're fucking trying to steal my talent. Like, <laughs> you know, like a lot of people yeah. also are, are pointing to Swerve Strickland because they just brought back uh, Hit Row on uh, SmackDown. But I'm pretty sure he just signed recently. So, like, a lot of was these he, guys. Was he a part of that? Was he a part of Hit Row? Oh, he was a big part of it. Like, a lot of people think it's not the same because he's not there. That's why Tony only signed Swerve. Like, he didn't sign Top Dollar and uh, Adrian the Adalis and all them other ones. Like, BFAB, like, he just signed Swerve. But, because uh, a lot of people were like, yeah, it was cool seeing Hit Row, but it was kind of weird seeing him without Swerve Strickland. But you got to think, like, Swerve, Keith Lee, Andrade, Malachi Black, Adam Cole, all the people that. Tony signed all those just happened in the last year so if anything mostly most of the time in wrestling it's a three-year contract usually I was surprised to hear the five-year contracts you know being talked about so that was kind of weird so uh you got to think any of these guys that just signed from NXT after they got let go they had to sign at least a three-year deal so you got to assume they at least have two more years left on their deal you know what I mean yeah, it's it's a real aggressive move by WWE to do that. Well, and I think you also got to think maybe it's not somebody that was in NXT. You know, who knows? Because another thing I told you, I had some Darby Allen news. Uh, Dave Meltzer reported that Darby Allen. I think I don't know if he was a guest on his show, if they were just doing an interview, if they were just talking. But he looked at Dave and he said, "Do you think I should go to WWE?" And Meltzer was like, "What? What are you talking about?" But you know, this is coming from Darby Allen, who like two years ago and one of them. Uh, media scrums after a pay-per-view said if he went to WWE they'd probably have him in a boiling room pissing in the corner so I don't know if that was just kind of out of frustration or what but like 
kind of how we talked about before. Now that there's, you know, a lot of people didn't want to go to WWE because of Vince. But now that Vince is gone, and because even Matt Hardy came out on his podcast and said, Triple H, you know, now running the ship, and he's more of a wrestler's person, is a big deal. Exactly. He could see people going from AEW, WWE, which if people clamor for the Attitude Era, that's what made the Attitude Era great. You didn't know who was going to show up where. Yeah, exactly, and and uh, I I mean I, I just uh, it's it's surprising to me that they would that they would do that under Triple H's regime. Uh, I I wonder who would be behind that ultimately. Well, and that's what I gotta wonder. And also the thing is, is it illegal? Because if it's not illegal, why is Tony Khan just gonna do the same thing? I don't know. That I mean. It, it, there's definitely some competition happening. Because well, I know when Cody left, he had to sign an NDA. You know, NDAs are big in the news to say with Mr. Man. But since he yeah, was, but since he was an EVP and he knew like contract status and uh, money and how long, you know, when he when when he when Tony agreed to let him leave, you know, they signed an NDA saying he can't go to Vince and not saying he's not going to because who knows what they say behind closed doors but legally he's not supposed to be able to sell any of AEW's you know finances or uh, contract deals or anything like that so who knows speaking of the Rhodes family uh, Brandy Rhodes was at the developmental center wrestling matches so they do like a thing like every I don't know if it's Friday night or something but for like the locals they do like a little house show or whatever she right. wrestled a match at the performance center. So uh, we might, see, I don't know if we might see Brandy Rhodes in a WWE ring soon. Who knows? Well, I, I was never big on Brandy Rhodes. See, I, I didn't see nothing wrong with her. I think, you know, I, I thought she was great at getting heat. And, but just the way, and I don't want to get into a Cody Rhodes discussion, but just the way they used him. They, they, they were going to turn on him eventually, and they did. And, you know, she was out there, so they were going to turn on her, too. But that's neither here nor there. Um, trying to think what else. Um, oh, injury news. Adam Cole expected back soon. So I think that's going to play a big thing in the trios tournament. Kitty Omega. Uh, I'm not trying to be a spoiler here, so if you don't want to listen, close your ears for the next three seconds. Uh, three, three, two, one. But he will be there tomorrow night as the Bucks partner. I don't know how they're going to do it, but Kenny Omega will be back tomorrow. I can, I will guarantee it. I will put my my name and my reputation out there that Kenny Omega will be back tomorrow night. Um, that's going to shake some things up. Well, and that's and a lot of people are like, "How do you know?" But if you watch Being the Elite, which I know I'm a nerd because I do, they they did a little program and all but said that Kenny was going to be back. Like Matt took a phone call at the end and. Like he was like, "Oh, really? You want to come back? Oh, you want to be our partner? Are you sure you're ready?" And you know, and everybody was like, "Oh my god!" That's one. That's one thing. Like being the elite, sometimes and I've noticed this in AEW. It's it's like you got to have watched being the elite to get some of their what they're doing or what they're saying. Well, and, and we kind of talked about this uh, last. We kind of talked about this last week with the whole sandbag shirt. It's sometimes. Yeah. It's, sometimes it's almost. The, the phrase a lot of people use is it's almost too inside baseball like you gotta watch dark elevation be in the elite and <laughs> all these things so you're only like serving like a certain population of your fan base and like I want AEW to grow I don't mean you had a you know people could only like read our conversations that we have sometimes but we had a kind of a conversation about the growth of AEW the other day which was a really great conversation but yeah I think sometimes 
like, and it goes back and, I, you know, I'm not trying to get too far in the show, but, you know, they showed the Trustbusters this weekend or this week on, on Dynamite, which we're going to get to later. And then they were on yep. Rampage and then mm-hmm. they were on Rampage and Rampage did the, and I know we don't talk ratings, but Rampage did almost 600,000 viewers this week, the biggest viewership in a long time. And I think a lot of it had to do with, they showed, they showed Parker Bodo, they showed, you know, uh, the other two guys, they're losing my name at the moment, but they, you know, they showed Yeah, they, they actually featured him and featured them and showed who they were and, yeah, Parker, jeez. And, and I've been saying that for a while, just give me some video segments or just show me who they're, give me a reason to care. And I mean, It would take up all of like three to five minutes. Well, how, how, how long did that segment with the Trustbusters and uh, the best friends take? Two minutes? Yeah, not very long at all. Not very long at all. So, uh, very good there. Uh, also, injury news. I know this one's going to break your heart. We kind of talked about this earlier. And I still have that picture. I swear to God, I'm going to send it to you someday. But Chris oh, Stantlander Stantlander uh, suffered a knee injury to the other knee. She just had operation on the one knee. The, uh, this uh, and, and, and a lot of people are kind of going at Tony after this. And it can happen at any time because it happened during a darker elevation match and just I, people need to get off the whole stigma of dark and elevation. They're doing it to keep people up to date and they're kind of doing it for content. Bailey had the same thing happen to her like what, a year and a half ago before she came back. She got hurt training. Sometimes these things happen. Uh, the only sad thing is, I guess they were saying that she was going to be in line for a big push. Um, I know. She was, she was right there, right where she should be and I was waiting for it and that when I when I saw her tweet saying she needed to on the other knee I it would just oh dang I hope she comes back well though and strong and yeah she I hope will. she will and like yeah. this thing I hate the whole I'm either an AEW fan or I'm a WWE fan mm-hmm. after Statlander posted that Bailey who I just mentioned you know responded to her tweet like hey you're gonna do awesome you're gonna take care of this get well soon things like that people want there to be a war between their there's not a war between the two companies it's a war between fans being stupid like if you yeah, like it, it, exactly you know, like yeah, I was in a group, and the, the actual group is a, is a AEW group, but they say, oh, we're going to war against the other group, and it's like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? Why, and what's going to happen? Like, well, I mean, what, 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 why? Like, it's so stupid. Yeah, W is a different product. Everything's different with them. If, if you like it, watch it. If you don't, don't watch it. Right, it's, it, you don't have to, like, I, I, if you I, I enjoy that there's like three or four places that people can go and earn a living as a professional wrestler. They don't have to just go to WWE. You can go to GCW and work other dates. You can go to Impact and also work other dates. Tony Khan's big on letting people work on other dates outside of the promotion besides his. And then there's also, you know, WWE. It's a, there's, it's a great time in the wrestling business. And you don't have, I don't get the whole sticking your flag in for one company and be like, well, forget the other company. I don't care. Shut up. Just shut up. Yeah. Yeah, that, that needs... It's stupid. But um, like I said, Cole's going to be back. I don't know about O'Reilly. Omega's going to be back. Who else is hurt? Um, I think that's about it. So um, that's all I can think of at the moment for the news. Uh, as I think about it while we maybe uh, talk about some of the matches, I'll get into that. But um, I know one thing that we wanted to do. We don't we don't script the show or rehearse anything, but one conversation that we had the other day that I think that we wanted to talk about was uh, the Mount Rushmore of wrestling. Yes. So, as as the host and my good friend, I'm going to let you go first. 
Mount Mount Rushmore. What was it? I told you it could change too. It's okay. Mount Rushmore. If anybody doesn't know, I'm not trying to be a smart ass here, but the the Mount Rushmore presidents. There's four presidents. So your top four all time wrestlers in professional wrestling. It it gets so hard, but uh, Flair and Rhodes for sure. Flair and Dusty. Okay. Um. Let's see who was who was my other one. I don't know. I don't know your Mount Rushmore. Wow, it was, it's really hard. Um, so I'm sitting there telling you, you got to pick four wrestlers. To, you know, but I, I would have to say Triple H. Oh my God, really? Yeah, but man, what he's what what he's done his whole career and how far he's come and where he's at now. Mine's gonna be yours, but I'm always right. But anyway, go ahead. Who's your it's last? Amazing. And my last one, uh, well, I think I'm still going to stick with Sting because okay. he's been through it all. He's been through all the all, every company. Yeah, nothing, nothing and, wrong with that. Uh, and, uh, I mean, that that could change. It's really hard because there's a lot of wrestlers today that are changing wrestling. Oh yeah, yeah, oh definitely. But but as, as far as like legends go, Mount Rushmore, you know, I think legends. I, I would think that. Okay, here's mine. I, I know you know who my number one is. Oh, yeah. I know your number one. Yeah, CM Punk. The only man to yeah. hold the ROH, the world title, the ECW title, the WWE title, the AEW title. I'm probably skipping some few, but let's see. CM Punk Punk's probably number five for me, actually. Well, the thing is, like, I grew up close to where he started wrestling, and like, I always would hear about this guy, and I've kind of just followed his career. And You know, he showed up in WWE, and not expecting to make it like when he signed his WWE contract he cried he didn't want to leave ROH but the amount of money they were throwing at him he you know he almost had to go he yeah he wasn't supposed to make it there like he just wasn't supposed to make it and they kept becoming a champion he kept putting on banger but CM Punk will always just thank thank Paul Heyman for that though Heyman well Heyman was a curse to him and I'll tell that story some other time but uh we don't have enough time right now but anyway um Punk's my number one. Um, Stone Cold Steve Austin's my number two. Um, yeah, that's a good one. When, when, during the Attitude Era, like I was not old enough to drink beer, but but my parents would buy me and my best friend. I, you probably couldn't do this today; they'd probably get arrested. But they would buy us beer if they were going to stay at each other's house. So every Monday night, when Stone Cold Steve Austin was, you know, hitting his stride, we would put newspaper down around the living room, and every time Stone Cold Steve Austin would come out, we would drink beer the same way he would. And <laughs> And we would have newspaper around, so like we wouldn't make a big mess. So my mom would get mad, and just that era was just so much fun. And he kind of kickstarted my love back for professional wrestling. And just, and you think about it, the weird thing of if you think about Stone Cold's run, it was like three to four years, but it was like the greatest three to four years in the history of professional wrestling. But um, my number three is Chris Jericho. Um, I was always a big WWE fan. Like I was a WWE homer. I, even though I would watch WCW at 6.05 on Saturday night, like I was always a Hogan instead of a Flair fan. Now I became more of a Flair fan over, you know, when I got older and I could actually watch the matches and, you know, you know, see that Hogan really sucked, but he was just such a big persona. But uh, I was, I was opposite. I, I told you that how I was opposite when I was a kid, I grew up with NW and WCW. And, uh, I was always, I always thought that, WWF at the time looked phony to me. <laughs> just, <laughs> and and NWA had that edge to it, that realness to it, you know. 
where I was going with that, like I would follow because I was a tape trader too, so I would follow and I started seeing this guy called Lionheart Christiano, and I would see him in some of his matches with Ultimate Dragon in New Japan. Ooh, that's another story. I'll tell, I'll say that in a minute. But um, I would see his matches with Ultimate Dragon and some other ones, and then I seen him in ECW, and then when I when he got to WCW, like I was such a WWE homer that I would only like really like the Jericho segments, and then when he came to WWE, oh my god, like I bought every shirt and every, every action figure. I wish I still had him, but um, he's been in the business for 40 years and just keeps reinventing himself. And so he's my number three. And uh, my number four is Bret Hart. I'm a Bret Hart homer. I love Bret Hart. Oh. And uh, he was such a big part of my childhood as well. And just the excellence of edu- ex- execution. And he, he would just put on these matches and he would give his glasses to the kids. And he was just, uh, just a great, you could just tell that he was different in the ring. So that's my top four. It could vary from person that's to person. A, yeah, that's a great top four. I mean, I, I, I don't know. If I if I went, like, if I... That's my Mount Rushmore. I, I'm not going to say that's my top four um, that I would rate now. It um, could change. I could throw Flair in there at any time. I could throw... You know, for what we talked about, I could even throw Hogan in there just for what he did for the business. Yeah, yeah and, you could. I was different companies, you know what I mean? Like, he was... Well, three different. AEW or AWA is the one who actually started the Hulk Hogan character. Yes, and, yes. And people don't know that. People don't. People fail to remember that Vince McMahon did not create Hulkamania. It was already created. He just that's where that's where the Ultimate Warrior too. Yeah, yes, it came from AWA. Vern Gagne. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes. yes. It's a great, it's, great promotion. It's just a cool conversation to have, kind of argue it. Like it's the same way with like football and stuff like that. I know you're not a big sports guy, but this it's cool to just have that conversation and argue with people and try to debate. And me and you debate wrestling all the time, which is really cool that people don't understand. But um, do we want to get into our? Well, you know what? We'll get into our other debate during the main event. Yeah, sounds good. That that that'll fit perfect. The last piece of news I wanted to say. I got two last pieces of news. I'm sorry. Um, oh, that's cool. Uh, Takashita, Takashita, whatever, whatever his name is. Is what I was calling him. I don't know. <laughs> he left to go back to Japan. His four-month tour with AEW was over, and there was a report out of the Observer from Melter saying that WWE is looking for like somebody from that Japan area with the size and kind of charisma as a uh, Takashita. I'm gonna say. He debunked that rumor when he left. He said, if I come back, I'm only going to come back to AEW. And he actually put AEW in his Twitter bio. So he's looking to come back to AEW in October. Um, Like Jericho wished him goodbye, saying future world champion. Some other people in AEW wished him goodbye. He thanked everybody. Um, We're going to see more of that kid. He had an excellent, excellent. And here's the thing that people don't get. And here's here's one thing I want to talk about. This man came in. What did he win? Like two matches, maybe? Uh, two or three. He lost to Kingston. He lost to Moxley. He lost to uh, whoever, uh, Claudio. He, but he got over. It's yeah, not he was, always he was, about winning or losing. Yeah. It's not always about winning or losing. It's connecting with that audience. And that audience loved him, no matter win or loss. And so when he comes back up, he's going to be a super over face. And it's going to be really cool. Definitely. And then the last thing, Wrestle Kingdom. I don't know if you know what Wrestle Kingdom is because I'm still trying to learn you up on New Japan Pro Wrestling. But that's the thing they do. 
All right. I'm, hey, congratulations, brother. That's kind of like yeah. the. I'm not that out of touch. It's kind of like the WrestleMania. It's every year in Japan at the Tokyo Dome. And AEW, this is for a Melto report, is going to be sending wrestlers there to wrestle at Wrestle oh. King. And I'm thinking they're going to be sending like Danielson and I don't know who else, but um, some people are going to be going over to be in the big Tokyo Dome show. Sounds like a show to watch. Yes, sir. But uh, that's Definitely. all the things I have for now. Uh, oh, you know what? I'm going to give one last piece because you put Ric Flair in your... Uh, <laughs> and this is so sad, bro. Like, this is why I kind of have a hard time putting him in my Mount Rushmore, even though he's great. He talked about how he passed out twice in the match. Right. And he said the reason was dehydration because up to the match, he drank beer instead of water. Yeah, that'll do it. Especially said, at his age and with his with his problems. That's not a wise idea, you know. <laughs> He said, next time I'll drink more water than beer before a big match. And he also put on record that he wished he didn't say that it was his last match, that he wants to maybe come back, and I just hope he doesn't. I just uh, big, A that. big, big no on that. I, yeah. I saw parts of that match. It was sad. It, I can't watch it, bro. I can't even pull myself to watch it. I can't watch any of it. I just can't do it. I just compare it to like, remember the movie Weekend at Bernie's? Yeah, yeah. He he was Bernie in that match, man. He, I mean, it's sad, bro. It's really sad. Yeah. But uh, let's talk about this great uh, episode of Dynamite. Yeah, Quake by the Lake. Quake by the Lake. I hate the fucking name. Yeah, I I thought that was kind of cheesy. Yeah, but uh, you know know where that name came from? I don't who made that name. Tony Khan. So when he was growing up, he would book wrestling matches, right? Like he wanted. He's been a booker since early on. He would like write down wrestling matches and things like that. And three of the names that he came up with were for shows were Dynamite, Rampage, and Quake by the Lake. Wow! Just a little knowledge for you. A little inside information. Dynamite. Dynamite is just fine. <laughs> but Quake by the Lake, but whatever. It did good ratings and whatever. But anyway, let's yeah. talk about the show. Well, we got we started off hot with Darby Allen versus Brody King. Oh, hey, a little inside baseball before my boy gets into this. Me and him talked during the whole episode of Dynamite, and it was great. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. It was well. It was the only time I had a Wednesday night off. Yeah, we got to talk the whole time and, and things like that. So it was really cool uh, experiencing this episode with you. It was really cool. Yeah, it was great. And this match just started off really hot. Darby has his skateboard with the thumbtacks off. Rip beats Brody with it. Grates it against Brody's forehead, and he's opened up what, within like three minutes of the match like 30 seconds bro uh, yeah it was quick it was quick and uh this match was just awesome uh the, the way they were going during the match the lights would go out they turn it back on uh house of black is there malachi black and buddy matthews they're at ringside darby runs to the ropes to do a dive but uh julia hart appears behind him and grabs his foot uh, that allows the House of Black to triple team Darby. Uh, Buddy opens up the coffin, and out of it appears Sting. Sting! 
It's Sting! It's Sting! And I love when Shivani does that still. I, I don't care. I pop so hard. I, I do too. Hard. And he yeah. did it. He did it. He does and, it every time. Yeah. Yeah. And Sting's uh, makeup is his eyes. Kind of done up like Malachi Black's. Long term storytelling, my friends. Yeah. He has he has a bat he has his bat with him as usual. He uh, clears the ring as best as he can. Uh, Malachi Black sitting in the corner of the ring. Uh, Sting tosses him the bat. Pretty much gives him the bat and, and you know just stands there waiting for his move. Uh, Malachi Black uh, doesn't do much. He takes the bat. He walks up the ramp with Sting. Following behind uh, King and Allen, they're on the ring apron. Brody picks up Darby from behind, and Darby uh, has a has a chain that he picks up, and over his head, he punches Brody in the face. It dazes King. He gets in the ring, uh, puts the chain around King's neck, choking him out. And he goes limp, just like uh, with the Battle Royal. He goes limp from the ropes, and uh, Darby releases the chain. King uh, just basically drops down right into the coffin. It, was, it looked perfect. He, he just went limp and so sold good. it basically. Yeah. And uh, the lids closed, giving Darby the win. And uh, I loved this match. Um, we were talking during this match and yeah. I, I said to you at the beginning I said if fucking Brody doesn't go over I'm gonna be pissed And but then I seen the ending and I'm like okay that was fucking cool um, I want to ask you one thing before I get more into my detail do you think there's too much blood in AEW no because I'm a GCW fan there's not enough blood <laughs> well to me I, I don't think there is either because here's the me and you, we had a conversation about how we how kayfabe was broke to us. But here's the thing: when I was little, I used to watch it with my grandpa or my uncle or somebody. I don't remember who. I think it was my uncle. But right. The thing is, like the spot where they like put somebody in the corner and they punch them ten times in the face and then they get off of them. My uncle would always look at me and he says, "If you ever punch somebody in the face ten times and they don't bleed, then you can't fucking hit. You're a pussy." Yeah. So my thing is, like when we watch professional wrestling as fans. We dis we all know what we all know it's a show, it's choreographed, you know, blah blah blah. But I like you, I don't I want to see more blood. Like I think like it gives realism to the fight. Like if if somebody like sees me in the alley and hits me with a fucking skateboard full of thumbtacks, I'm gonna fucking bleed. And how fucking cool did Brody King look with all that blood? Hey, they- that, oh, it, dude, he it looked like adds, he was in a- so much to the match. It just oh has that aesthetic that he looked like a fucking like in a horror movie or something, bro. It was so cool. But yeah. the thing I want to get to is like when Sting comes up and like you said, the face paint, you know, being all different. And then what I loved is like he gets up, he throws the bat at Malachi, like you say, and Malachi just kind of laughs. And gets up and he's like, you know, I don't need no bat to kick your ass. Like, and like gets up and walks out. Like, oh, so good. Like, yeah, the, the slow burn of 
I already told you what the match is going to be at All Out, even though you still don't want to believe me and you want to argue with me that the House of Black is going to win the trios title. But <laughs> hey, um, they, I, I'm I'm pulling for him. <laughs> you're going to lose that bet. But anyway, um, just the slow burn, and then the like he's like, you know what? I'm too good for you. I'm going to walk away, and then Sting follows him. Both of them forgetting that there's a match going on. You know what I mean? And then, like, I think the only way plausible to see Darby Allen win was him to choke him out like that. And the way he fell into the coffin, like, he fell into the coffin and nobody slammed the door. The door fell from him falling into it. That looked great. It looked great. I don't think they could have done that again if they tried a hundred times. And it was so good. It was perfect. Because... If I'm watching a match and I see Darby Allen that's like 120 pounds soaking wet, and I see Brody King, six foot seven, six foot eight, you know, almost 300 pounds, how is Darby gonna win? I don't care if you're a babyface or a heel, you're gonna choke that motherfucker out, right? Like, and that's yeah. what he did, and he fell into the perfect. Like, I'm kind of like me personally, I'm kind of over all the coffin matches. Like, I could be good if I don't see another coffin match for a while. But I think I think it's been a bit, a bit excessive. I think it needs to be reserved, maybe like once a year well yeah. and it also it also needs to be a finish to the match like it it finished him and ethan page's feud even though they did it on the indie scene and not everybody watched but it ended that feud him and andrade it ended that feud this is kind right. of from the feud so i cut you know like you said once a year maybe maybe once every year and a half two years but yeah. it has to make be it special game. make it, make it like Exa- it. exactly it just looks like a regular match now and it's like okay and uh, yeah. but it was great it was a great opener it was a great way to start yeah and and then right after that we had a promo with John Moxley about his match against Jericho and uh, went to a hey, and I want to ask you something I want to see if you yep. caught this so when Moxley was doing his his uh, uh, thing he called it the FYI championship you know why he called it that you know what I didn't I didn't uh I didn't think about it. Do you know Do you know what that stands for? No, what's it stand for? Fuck your interim. Fuck your interim. <laughs> How great is that? Like, how'd, you, how'd you learn that's what it stood for? Dude, because I'm the fucking man, bro. Come oh, on. Yeah. Fucking, no, because he said it before in a different promo, like a different... Might have been a Dynamite a week or two prior to that, but he was getting pissed at it because he... Here's the thing, me and you had to. Yeah, he was getting he was getting mad. They weren't calling him the champ. He was getting mad that he was he was like fuck your. He was calling it fuck your interim. So, in this promo, he's like, hey, you can call it. It's not the FTW. It's not this. You might as well just call this the FYI title. And he looks in the camera, and I pop so hard. I'm like, oh my god, he just said fuck your interim. You know what I mean? Without That's saying. That's great. It. Yeah, I, I didn't connect. I just, yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there for everybody. That's awesome. I mean, it's, I love you know how much I love Moxley. I do too. I just don't love him as much as Punk. But anyway, but anyway, we're gonna... great match in GCW too. I think. Oh come on, dude! He fucking French but, kissed that. But anyway, we're gonna get it. Done later. Yeah, that, that part. Uh, let's let's try and forget that part. But hey, for everybody out there that wants to hear about GCW wrestling, I'm gonna finish watching Homecoming parts one and two. Hopefully this weekend, and we're gonna pot on it at a later date. Yeah, definitely. But fuck your interim. That's great. And that promo with Chris Jericho on the match against Mox tonight, which so, hyped that up real good. 
Um, then we had a team match, basically a Lucha Rules match, is what I thought it was supposed to be. Yep. Um, it's Andrade El Idolo with Roosh. Uh, they have Jose the Assistant with them versus the Lucha Brothers. Uh, Penta El Zero Muero uh, now. He's, he's no longer the Oscaro anymore. I wish I wish they would have told us why though. Yeah, they didn't. They just he just switched back with no real explanation of why. Yeah. Um, then and uh, they came out with Alex Ivoriantes. Uh Both teams just incredible in this match. I think Phoenix just he I, he's the star of this match in my eyes. I I, I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I, we agree on this. He could be Rey Mysterio for for AEW. For that, is the oh, match. oh yeah, he's just stuff he does is amazing. Uh, uh, but during the the ma- match, uh, Roosh starts tying Penta's mask mask to the. That was to, so good. Yeah, it was great. It, it was to deter Penta from wanting to to move because if he does, he'll be unmasked. King and pinned after a, a devastating like it, it, the straight jacket pile driver he does is amazing. Yes. Uh, Penta does unmask to, to do the breakup pin, covers his face. Alex throws Penta another mask, but Roosh intercepts it. And he throws it into the crowd. <laughs> I think I said, well, I'd throw it back. And you're like, hell no, I'd keep it. Well, here's the thing. Like, I would have kept it, but he threw it back. But the thing is, and I found this out, I forget where I found this out, but he threw it back. But actually, an AEW uh, um, employee caught it and kept it for. Uh, uh, I see. I, I thought that would have been cool if it if it made its way back to the ring. They tried to. I didn't think they did. I thought they actually kept it, but no, they threw it back. But somebody at ringside caught it and didn't didn't let it get to the ring. Oh, okay. Darn. But anyway, he takes out um, Penta. Uh, making it a uh, two-on-one in the ring. Andre hits uh, the hammerlock DDT on Phoenix, and he gets the pin for the win. Uh, I loved this match. They were so on good. fire. So good. And it tells the story of how important a mask is to a Lucha, uh, a Lucha Libre uh, performer. Yeah. And- that spot where they tied his mat, I thought that was so good. But I like, like how I like how underhanded and Rush and Andrade are, and and how the the commentary really, really makes a point of that. Like these guys yeah. just break the rules, you know. You they, know, my big question though is, why the fuck was Andrade wearing a shirt the whole time? <laughs> I don't know. The fuck, dude? If I look like Andrade, I'm going shirtless fucking everywhere, bro. Yeah. I'm going to the bank. I'm walking yeah. inside McDonald's. I'm going fucking everywhere. Like I'm never, I'm not, I'm not even gonna own a fucking shirt. What the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, it was a great match, bro. It was. I mean, it was just two Lucha Libre teams going at it. Yeah, it was. They it don't was, look it, bad that they got pinned. It just makes it makes Roosh and Ale, you know uh, Andrade look stronger going into their trios match, but it also kind of makes that triangle look weaker. Even though they're gonna get Pac back, but yeah, I th- I think they need yeah they 
they need to be I don't know it, it didn't really make them look well I weak think it, to me I I think it made them look stronger because they're facing the Bucks and Omega you know I think you have to make them because like I told you in the trio tournament you gotta have a strong main event team win the titles so if you have the Bucks and Omega come in and beat the team of Roosh Eldrade and uh uh, Roosh's brother, I can't think of his name at, at the moment, it just makes them look stronger going into their next round match. Yeah, and truthfully, I don't know who's going to win it because, you know... I already told you who's going to win it, but you won't listen to me. Hey, every once in a while... Hey, let me ask you this. Not more than every once in a while. Hey, let what? me ask you this. How many times am I wrong? How many times am I wrong? You've been wrong before. When? Tell me when. I, I don't remember. But yeah, yeah. Let me let me get some of that. Let me get some of that stuff you smoking on. I'm never wrong. So I I I, I want Death Triangle, even though it's not probable. I I want Death, uh, not Death Triangle. I want uh, Black. But how? I think that would be just perfect. Do I need because... to spoil it for everybody right now? Who House of Black is fighting at the pay per view, or do you want me to wait? Do you, is it legit? Who they're facing? Bro, yeah, 100%. It's it's on paper. My paper? It's on, it's, it, is it on Tony Khan's paper? Oh, I don't know. I don't know Tony Khan's paper, Me? but I can hear I can only, <laughs> I, I, hey, 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 I wish I had Tony Khan's paper. All right, anyway, we'll go on to the next one. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but backstage, you got... They approach Hangman Adam Page. He's oh with the Dark Order. Uh, the Bucks apologize to Hangman for how they've been to him, and they ask Page to be their partner for the trios tournament. Page turns them down. He says he's not even going to be in the tournament, and he's going oh, to. Oh, wait, with, my bad. Yeah, he's with the Dark Order in their corner for it, so he can't help him out. I felt like I was watching an episode of Dawson's Creek. Like, the young Bucks are not good. <laughs> the whole hey bro oh yeah yeah they, I, 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 at least hey man wasn't wearing his fucking wife's fucking butterfly pants but oh jeez anyway, yeah this, he to burn those things this was just bad we all know oh uh, never mind I'm not even gonna say it let's go on to the next this sounds good um out comes Jungle Boy to join join commentary <laughs> and we get a match that's Luchasaurus uh, versus Anthony Henry. Anthony Henry's actually a real good wrestler. Yes, he is actually, yeah. But um, it was a squash match with Luchasaurus for the win on that one. Which it uh, should be. Which it should be. Then we have uh, Christian Cage. He shows up on the big screen. He says he was going to come out and tear the headphones off of Jungle Boy. Cut the shit out of him. <laughs> uh Jungle Boy uh, runs through the entrance tunnel to go backstage. About five security guards hold back Jungle Boy. Runs Luchasaurus and he starts pulling off security one by one. And he just lays them out. Okay, here's a few things that I'm going to put into this. How fast is Jungle Boy? How bad is AW security? Um, that five people have to hold back the 130-pound Jungle Boy. But anyway, do you know who Luchasaurus headbutted? They made a big deal about it. It's Pat Buck. And if people don't know, Pat Buck was a producer in WWE 
who actually was the producer for the Roman Reigns Brock Lesnar match at WrestleMania, and left right after to join AEW as a producer. Which one? Which which the one is the redhead? The, the redhead. I'll have to go back and look. Yeah, it's the redhead that Lucia, Luchasaurus headbutts, and they're like, "Oh my god, he just headbutted Pat Buck." Oh. He okay. just came over from WWE. Like, it was weird. Like, he announced his retirement. And he was like, yeah, I just produced Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. I can't go anywhere from here. And then the next week, he signed with AEW to work for Tony Khan. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully he's a big help. Yeah, he will be. Yeah, he will be. Yeah. Um, uh, Miro has a vignette. He says how he's been through uh, changes and in, in, in walks Julia Hart. She kind of caresses his his uh, cheek, and Miro tells tells uh, her uh, that only one woman can touch me. And, you know and, what? Uh, Miro is stronger than me because if Julia Hart did that to me, I'd be like, "Hey, baby, how you doing?" <laughs> <laughs> Just like I think this is gonna bring back Lana, CJ Perry, whatever they're gonna call her. It's teasing it. It's te- but I could listen to Miro talk all day about how much he hates God. He said he went to like what? Did he say something like he went to hell, but all the the demons are gone? Talking about the House of Black, and it's because the House of Black's gonna face Miro, Darby, and sing it all out. Oh, I didn't say that. Anyway, you know who he almost reminds me of most, and just think about it. It might be a little bit. Of, almost reminds me of Jake the Snake, and and the reason why <laughs> he doesn't have to yell. He doesn't have to get all emotional. It's just like the intensity of his words and what he's saying. No, I can buy that because I can, I can, I'm, you know, I'm not trying to get religious, but I'm not into all that BS that people do. But like, I can believe that he's actually having a feud with God. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? Or like, he thinks he does, it. you know. I could buy it and I'm a non-believer. So it's like, wow, what the hell? Like, I can believe that. And it's so good. Just, but the key part of this, this, uh, vignette. He's got a gift now, and to tell the House of Black that he accepts the gift and he's going to use it to destroy them. Well, yeah, but you, did you notice how they only showed really one eye? Yeah, they the whole time they had the they, the whole time they had a light shining on his face, not showing that is uh, is it it's his left eye, I think. Yeah, and here uh, that's why like some people complain about this, but it's like man, this is so long term, like. AEW makes it almost where you have to pay attention what's going on. And that's good. Yes, it's great. It's, Every segment means something. It's a it's like a little piece to a puzzle that's going to come together and make a great a great story and a great match. Yeah, so good, so good. I, I want to see more of Miro. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I, I can't wait for him to join Sting and Darby. Yeah, it's gonna be cool. Yeah. yeah, but backstage we got Mark Henry. He's interviewing Powerhouse Hobbs, and asks if it's safe to assume that he's done with Ricky Starks. QT Marshall interrupts with the factory because we always have to have somebody interrupting the interview. It's so yeah. It's, that gets so stale. Uh, yeah. But anyways. Yeah. They need to find a new device. You know. <laughs> Well, but, you know, but in a way, it's what I'm asking for, having back, like, sometimes you need backstage segments. Like, if you're not going to have Hobbs in front of the crowd, then you need to have... But does it always have to be in an interview situation? 
Well, well, but uh, my question is, how would would you rather it be Hobbs at the gym and they just there's a camera crew there watching and they come up and talk to him? No, they're at the backstage of the arena. Like I don't know, it makes sense because of who. Yeah, it gives yeah. them a reason to be backstage and doing it. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Yeah, you know. But anyway. But it, it it's typical, and then um, he he has the factory behind him. He says that they'll take care of Rick Parks because nobody says no to the factory. And uh, if you know the factory's track record, that threat <laughs> is not very. Uh... I <laughs> I think but, to your point though that like every backstage segment gets interrupted or there's a fight. Yeah. Like, sometimes maybe maybe you just need to have like an interview with Hobbs and then go to the match. Yeah. Yeah. Not every backstage segment needs to be interrupted or or ended. Or Tony Schiavone saying both these opponents have agreed not to touch each other while we talk. Well, why are you telling me that? Like, you know. Yeah. Anyway. anyway. Well, it, it, it usually asking a stupid question that's going to have a generic answer. Yeah. <laughs> and then it. <laughs> then, it, then it gets interrupted. But yeah. the, the main thing, Hobbs tells QT, "Don't let your problem become my problem." That that line right there sent like shivs. I love Hobbs, and I want to. I, I know. God, Hobbs is, and yeah. he's he's doing great. I I I'm starting to change my mind on if he needs a mouthpiece or not. Uh, I don't think if, he does. If, I don't think he does. No, if he keeps it, if he keeps it, you know, short and sweet like he does, and you know, you know who's keep, been working with him backstage, right? No, I don't know who's been working with him. The greatest of all time, CM Punk. But anyway. Oh yeah. But... And you know, you know who's working with the women? Um, no. Brian Davidson. Oh, he is. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Oh, see, this, this stuff would not happen in WWE. No. And when Punk came, he said, like, hey, I'm going to work with the younger people. And, like, he'd done it for a while. And I think now we're going to see more, like, main event matches. But in the back, like, Punk mentioned Hobbs right away. Like, in one of his, like, first promos. I th- it might even be the famous promo where I was at in Cincinnati where he said, send Hook. Yeah. Like, he Send me, he said. Send me Hobbs. Yeah, and and then they had the match at uh, Grand Slam, and it was right after Hobbs's mom died, and he they, he walked him to the match and he talked to him, and like the CM Punk that people think of the old is not the same CM Punk, and he's working with people in the back, and Danielson's been working with Jade Cardgill and some other people and things like that, and it's like those it signings. Shows, right it there, shows though. It it, it really yes. it, it it's been a big improvement. You took, improved, uh, yeah. tenfold. you took the words out of my mouth, but yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and next we had Jay Leaf, Sanjay Dutt, and Satnam Singh. They all get into the ring. Sanjay Dutt uh, cuts a promo on Wardlow, talking about how they did the unthinkable to him and how Singh choke slammed him on, on Rampage and then says that they're not done with Wardlow. Lethal gets on the mic, says, last message to either defend the TNT championship against him uh, one more time or they can find Wardlow and just take it then Wardlow's Wardlow's music hits 
Uh, Wardlow says if he wants another chance at the title, he's done. But tonight he's whooping all three of their asses. Uh, he walks into the ring. Then FTR's music hits. Mm-hmm. And they follow him. And that I popped for. Big there's time. A, there's a reason for that. And I'll tell you why in a minute. Okay. But they, they follow him to the ring. And Lethal and company decide to surround the ring. Uh, Lethal gets in. And uh, he gets a for his troubles, basically. Um, first off, like, the reason they're doing this again is for India. But anyway, um, everybody keeps talking about where's MJF, right? Where's MJF? Where's MJF? So, yeah, I've I've seen a lot of talk about him lately in particular. Well, well, here's why. Prior to this Dynamite, Britt Baker posted a picture on Twitter or Instagram or something. It was just her and MJF looking at the crowd. And then... Dan Housen posted a picture of him and MJF doing something. And then, if you remember right, and a lot of people forget this because they did such a fucking shitty job of it. Is this but, on Twitter that they posted all this? Yeah. Okay. And, but who was in the pinnacle? Do you remember the pinnacle? Pinnacle, FTR. It was MJF, Wardlow, FTR, Sean Spears, who we won't see for a while because him and Cassie Lee just announced that they're going to be having a baby. Congratulations to them two. Um, yes. But, but after, like, at the end, you'll see FTR and Wardlow all, like, holding hands and, like, raising their hands up high. Cash Wheeler posted a cryptic tweet that said, My Jacked Friends. What do the first three letters of those stand for? M-J-F. So, and also, also, MJF was spotted filming um, spots on the show Impractical Jokers, which is on True TV, which is a property of Time Warner Discovery. Right. So he's, 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 he's he's coming back. Well, do you want me to tell you how he's coming back or do you want me to wait? Do you know for sure how he's coming back? I'm not, not 100% sure. I'm not in the booking meetings. <laughs> Here's my theory. Punk okay. Beats MJF, Punk beats Moxley, which we all pretty, pretty much think is going to happen. And then MJF comes out from the crowd and attacks Punk at the end of All Out. And then we set up Punk, MJF, at full gear for the world title, where, as much as I hate to say it, I think the belt goes to... Maxwell, Jacob, Friedman. It has to if that happens. Because we've already had uh, Punk MJF and it was incredible and Punk went over. I, I think I think it would have to go over if it was those two. I think first maybe Punk will win and then MJF will beat him the second time just so they're kind of tied up at two and two but I think do you, do you think that, do you think that with all these messages that the pinnacle will, will reform somehow well here's the thing because um Dax Hardwood he's crazy on Twitter he posted that when they go for the trios title that they want CM Punk as their partner so it's like hmm. does, Punk, does Punk lose the belt at full gear to MJF and then 
we see Punk FTR versus the Elite. Because sooner or later, here's the thing. When you sign all these people, we want dream matches. And what else is a dream matchup besides Punk and Omega? But then you also add the Bucks and FTR and the six-man, and you make the trio's title that much more prestigious, I just think that's where you go. I, that's just me. I don't know. but if, um, it, if it would be Punk and FTR, I would like to see them win the trios just so that FTR has more gold. Oh, yeah. Well, that, and, and, that would, that and, would be nice. And what I'm hearing is, and I don't, I don't like this at all, but I'm like hearing FTR versus Swerve in our, in our glory for the tag titles at All Out. Why are you gonna have two faces? I don't, I don't get it. But anyway, it, it, I, I know. Uh, but I, I enjoy, I, I can enjoy it. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if that affects me too much. It, it, it doesn't have the same dynamic as when you have a heel in the face at the yeah, same like, time. That's what I'm saying. Who goes over? Do you already have Swerve and Our Glory drop the titles to FTR? Because it's not the same as the Bucks dropping the titles to FTR. I don't know. We'll see. I'm going to leave it up to Tony because then Tony I trust. But yeah, um, I just thought it was some cool Easter eggs that like Britt Baker was dropping and Dan Housen was dropping and then Cash Wheeler dropped it. I follow all these people. I, I never see these tweets though. Dude, I'm on my phone 24 7, so you know. Yeah, I'm. Well, my, I'm mostly on Twitter in the mornings. But hey, look, look up Cash Cash Wheeler's account, and you'll see where he he tweets the post. My Jack friends. Cool. Well, that's a that's a that's a good Easter egg for that. Like you said. That's why but, I'm here, um, bro. That's why I'm here. <laughs> but backstage, <laughs> backstage, Tony. Tony's with Matt, uh, Matt Menard, Angelo Parker, Daniel Garcia, and Anna JAS. <laughs> uh, and they give a promo on how Jericho's going to win. Daniel Garcia cuts a promo on Brian Danielson uh, again. And then Anna J, uh, she got some random girl. <laughs> and it wasn't that, some that, random girl, it was a random cameraman again. And you know what? Let I me know this time that she was no, choking out. I'm pretty sure it was a dude, but anyway, let me be a cameraman and she can choke me out anytime she wants. <laughs> there, the fuck online about that. Like, uh, it was, it was, uh, Rhea Ripley. She had, yeah. uh, yeah, her and Dom. Yeah, she had Dominic in, in the choke in the corner. They were like, yeah. who had it better? Was it uh, Dominic or the producer? Let me let me do that. Um, let me ask you this question. A lot of people have been posing this. The reason for the JAS was to kind of make fun of sports entertainment and Vince McMahon. Oh yeah. But the, now that it's start. more, but now that it's more Triple H and it's more wrestling based, do you think we got to break up the JAS? Huh. Because it's it's. it's I, I don't fun. think I don't think you know what I I want to see Daniel Garcia go off on his own. Oh, he's going to the Blackpool Combat Club, but that's another story. I'll talk about that later. But that like, that would be I wouldn't I wouldn't. Uh, yeah, I'd like that. It's it's really no longer funny, right? Because they're they're no longer doing. Yeah, that. they're 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 not really laying in to the sports entertainment like they were at the very start. Like, I know you don't watch Raw, but, like, Drew McIntyre and Kevin Owens this week, this past Monday, 
you got to watch this promo. YouTube it, whatever you got to do. But Drew McIntyre's in the ring with Kevin Owens, and he's like, motherfucker, we're both professional wrestlers. And we're and they said the word professional wrestlers. They're like, we're both professional wrestlers, and we're in a wrestling ring. So you know what? Let's wrestle. Oh, my God. It was so great. You know what? That is a great thing that they did. That's great that because I'm thinking maybe they're breaking away from the sports entertainment title now. Right, and that's what I'm saying. Like pro wrestling, that's great. It was so great. The only thing I hated about it is that it ended in a fucking DQ. But just Drew McIntyre, the way he gave the promo, like looking at Kevin Owens, like because first Kevin Owens was like, "I haven't been a champion that, in five." That's yesterday. Yesterday's yeah. okay. Yeah. Kevin Owens was like. I haven't been a champion in five years, and that's going to change. I'm coming after the 24-7 champion. I'm coming after the Intercontinental champion. I'm coming after the U.S. champion, blah, blah, blah. And then Drew McIntyre's like, you know what? We're freaking professional wrestlers, and we're in a fucking professional wrestling ring. So you know what we need to do? Wrestle. And then you know what happened? They had a fucking wrestling match. It was so great. I had not seen that on WWE TV in so long. I popped so hard. Thank you, Triple H. Yep, yes, sir. <laughs> but anyway. Anyway, backstage, uh, uh, we had that segment going on. It ended with, uh, like I said, Anna J choking out some. I thought it was a to go back and watch. But then we I, I had. Thought, I thought it was a guy, but whatever. Yeah, it, does, it, does, it was somebody. Hey, she can do that to me anytime. Hey, sorry, Jungle Boy. But, <laughs> I'm, just I'm just saying. Then we got uh, Aaron Solo with the Factory versus Ricky Starks. This was a quick match. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, go ahead. I'll Starks hit a beautiful spear for the on Solo for the win on it. I wish they would have done more of showing how these two were tag team partners in NWA. And yeah, they they didn't they just they just mentioned it briefly a, a, a backstage segment. And I I hate to agree with some people online, but. I hate that he ran away from a job group. Like yeah. he, ran, he ran away and went to the stands, and I know this, like the people in the stands were popping, but like it kind of makes your look makes your uh, baby flick, baby face look a little I don't know scattered. So who, who was it that that came uh, running with the steel chair? Uh, it was it was the whole factory. I don't, I don't know. Calverado, I think, is his name. He comes running with the steel chair. But he starts- ran away. Starks ducked it. Uh, hit a he hit a mean spine buster. Yes, he did. Oh, hit hits Starks from behind, trying to uh, hold Starks for a chair shot. Starks got out of that, and all the factory. Yeah, like we said, they chased him through the crowd backstage. The spine uh, buster was a real retaliation to what Hobbs did to him the week before. Right, and then we see uh, backstage. We see Hobbs. He throws down the TV monitor, and he looks pissed. So we're yeah. gonna get, we're gonna get Hobbs versus Starks. Still, probably it all out. Probably it all out. That would be perfect. Yeah. Um, backstage, we have Lexi Nair. She's with the Gun Club and asks about their loss in the dumpster match. Billy starts to berate his son. And then Stokely Hathaway walks in and offers his card. Billy <laughs> takes. Billy took the card. He threw it on the ground. Uh, by Danhausen, who says to him uh, that him 
and the big bearded fellow we'll see them friday and that is uh that turned out to be eric redbeard yeah but didn't stokely say something like hey hey daddy ass they have insurance catering yeah he's (laughs) i think he said so he's so good he He is so so he's the perfect manager I fucking popped. I was like, hell no. He just didn't say that. But that was I, love, I love Stokely. Yeah. You got to. Um, then we have Tony Schiavone. He's with the with the Orange Cat and the Best Friends. And walks Ari Davari with the Trust Busters. And he says he's been trying to get a hold of Orange all week. And Orange hasn't uh, acknowledged him. He's been he's trying to email him, text him, everything. Uh, he then says he wants Orange... But first, he's got to get rid of the best friends. Uh, Orange says he doesn't know what he's talking about, but whatever his question is, the answer is no. (laughs) Davari says he's going to learn what happens to people that say no to Ari Davari. Uh, the only thing I didn't like about this promo is how, like, he talked about he's, like, the richest guy in wrestling or something. Like, if you're the richest guy in wrestling, why are you trying to go after the best friends? Why, why, why would you yeah, go after, yeah. like, the Blackpool Combat Club or somebody? You know what I mean? But anyway. Weren't the stakes a little bit higher, dude? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but it set up Rampage, and like I said, Rampage did an awesome number, and uh, it it was great for what it was. Yeah, it, it was. And then we next we had the TBS championship match, which is Madison Rain versus Jade Car. Uh Madison's looking good in this and her her ring experience really shows. Um Jade looks uh, really awesome in this uh matchup as well. Yeah. Uh compared to her first match in AEW, she's coming just a long way. And like I said, that's Brian Danielson working with her. Yeah, uh, Kiara's on the ring apron. Uh, she's uh, distracting Rain. Jade runs behind, uh, behind Rain to hit a high kick. Rain moves out of the way, and Jade's foot completely misses Kiara, <laughs> who sells the kick anyway. <laughs> yeah, you know, I guess whatever. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, "What? Don't sell it if it doesn't make her do it again." You know, right. right. But anyways, Jade hits the jaded on Madison for the win. And after the match, out from the crowd and coming behind Jade, uh, she's celebrating as Athena, uh, who Excalibur says was disguised as a baddie. Yeah, she was in the baddie section. She was all she was all dressed up, had makeup on and everything. Uh, she she attacks Jade. Kara pulls, uh, the, or she goes to attack Jade. Kara uh, pulled Jade to safety out of the ring and Athena picks up the TBS championship and holds it over her head um what what would what do you think about Athena at this point well I think this is where Statlander was supposed to be but she got hurt yeah and Athena just doesn't uh... well here's the thing she's been stuck on dark where they have like you know she's gotten so many wins um but she's a big name so I, I, I like that she's going to be facing Jade. I just don't think she's the one to beat yeah. Jade. I still yeah. think we're looking for that person. I really hope, here's what I want. I want Jade to unify the TBS title with the world title. And then... No, no. Then, nope, listen to what I got to say. And then <laughs> we start a tag team division in the women's division. 
I'd like to see that. Um, the women's only big enough to have tag teams. We don't need two single champions in the women's division right now. We just don't need it. So if she if she unifies, then, uh, yeah, we don't we don't need more belts than we yeah. have. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So if we unify the titles, and then out of that we make tag team division, I would be happy. It's possible. Um, because here's the thing. I want more than one women's match on my Dynamite or my Rampage. Like, they need to have at least two. Yeah, I, they need they need to have one for each hour. Yep. And uh, I think one needs to be featured and headlined, even. But I think right now, because I think what, what we're going for is going to be Jade versus Athena for the TBS title, and then Storm versus Rosa versus Baker for the women's title. But Maybe Hager too. Yeah, I would eventually like to see Jade win the world title, combine the two, and then we get women's tag team titles out of it. Not a bad idea once you, you think about it. Um, that does eliminate the too many thing. Well, you get rid of one and you add one, so you know. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's even. I could see that I, working. I I don't. I don't like to complain of too many titles because, like, back when I used to watch the Attitude Era, like, WWE had, like, the European title and the 24-7 title. Hardcore. Yeah. They had titles. It's okay to have props. It's just you need to have them on the right people and at the right time. Yeah, exactly. Um, Backstage, we have Tony Schiavone's with Tony Storm and Thunder Rosa. Tony says, now that Chris Statlander's in, which makes me sad still, but <laughs> Tony Storm is now the number one contender. Rosa says that in this sport, this is the time, and it's not what she wants, but it is what it is, is what she says. And then Storm says that her main goal is to be AEW Women's Champ. Rosa looks slightly distressed, saying... Uh, about this championship match, we'll talk about it another time. So she, uh, she d- doesn't want to talk about it. Yeah, I, I don't know. It just it, it was what it was. I didn't think it was a very good segment. Um, I I hate what they're doing with Rosa. I think they need to have her drop the belt and they need to repackage her and bring her back as something better. Because like they've dropped the ball with this world title she, reign. And she I don't was, think it come back. She was on fire at the yeah. beginning. On fire. Well, that's yes. one of my main problems with W they just, with AEW. They get somebody white hot, and then it it like cools. Even Wardlow's cooled down. That's what I'm saying. Like they get somebody so hot, and then they like take them off TV for a while, or they do something stupid. Yeah, or, it's like if you have something hot, go with it. Don't don't shy away from it. But I think Give right now, it's, I think we're we're too far gone past this. She needs to drop the belt. And then we need to like repackage her and bring her back and and get that get that back. Yeah, get back the fire that is Thunder Rosa. Yes, sir. Although um, uh, Thunder Rosa is acting really heelish. Yeah, I think that's why either she's gonna turn or Tony Storm's gonna turn and win the belt. At one of them, one of them's turning heel. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Uh, but next, we had this match I was waiting for the whole time. The AEW Interim World Championship. Lionheart Chris Jericho versus John Moxley. 
Uh, Do you know the music that Jericho came out to? What's that? Do you know the music that Jericho came out to? It was White Zombie. White Zombie. My boy. Yes, sir. From I, I, I saw them when they were White Zombie. I, I prefer White Zombie over Rob Zombie, by the way. All right, all right. But, I mean, that, that's just because I, I, I was, I, when they were just starting out, and it was great. Damn it, I thought I had something on you, and then you fucking trumped me. <laughs> I saw them in the small here, and it was great. Hell yeah, bro. Hell yeah. But I've always liked a White Zombie. But I, I thought that his entrance was just incredible. His, his whole get, he got back into the Lionheart uh, ring gear. I posted on Twitter that it got me in my feels because this was one of the, like, I already said earlier how Jericho's on my, my Mount Rushmore. And, like, this is one of, like, the first entrances that I could, like, put with Jericho. And I was like, oh, my God. there! And he did the whole look. Like, he looked younger. He dyed his hair. He even wore, like, the same tights. That he, yeah, oh, it was so good. He had it down. It's great. And uh, in, in the be- in the beginning, Jericho, how he walks in the middle of the ring, flips off Moxley. Moxley walks up, flips. Just got, a great. What's that? I got tired of seeing Middle Bird, bro. Like for real. <laughs> yeah, the match. It, it actually started off really technical, which I liked. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jericho ends up tearing out John Moxley's, making his ear bleed uh, badly, and it just looked awesome. Moxley cut himself so good. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh my god, there was blood everywhere, and it was so good. Because the earring, you could tell, was one of the ones with the backing on him. So, yeah. like, like, like he pulled it, like, and that's one of the good things with camera work. Like Jericho pulled it out. And then, like, showed it to the crowd, and the camera went that way. Instead yeah. Of, like, instead of, like, when we had Jericho blading himself on camera during Kingston, we didn't see Moxley do it. We just turned back, and we see blood everywhere. So good. Yeah. It was perfect. And this match, just what I enjoyed, too, it was heavy with the submissions. Yeah. Because, because, all because of the, 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 the dungeon aspect to it I was and everything. Say, you know why? Because younger Jericho did a lot of submissions. And yeah. Moxley said he wanted that Jericho, and he got that. It's those little things like that. Like, if you know, you know, that make it so much better. And he had him in, the, did he have him in the walls? Of, yeah, he had him in the walls of Jericho all throughout the entire pick and Break. Well, that was actually the lion tamer. He made it the lion tamer. He did the lion tamer later, I thought. Really? Okay, you might be right. But what I like is how, like, when Jericho put that move on, they went to picture and picture, and I'm like, what the fuck are they doing? But the thing was, Jericho kept it on the whole time, so you really didn't miss anything. And it was, I thought it was great too because of the length of time he was in it. It, it made it, it just made it look that much more cruel and punishing. Yes. And you really like, wanted Moxley to crawl out of it. And how just is your baby, how, yeah, how is your baby face going to stay in this mood for so long? But, but then yet he's going to make it and it makes you pop so much louder for that baby face. Yeah. It, it was great. Um, 
Let's see. Uh, uh, what else did Jericho? He hit the Oxley. He, he kicked out on two. Um, then uh, what was important was in the crowd, Sammy Guevara was uh, a bat to Jericho. This was so bad. Yeah, he, he tossed it in the ring. He hits Moxley with it. No, Moxley did you, see, did you see he threw it outside the ring? Jericho had to go get it. Yeah. Yeah. How far back was was Sammy? I didn't quite see how far back he was. He was in the stands. The thing I liked about it, because he threw it so bad, they actually like panned back to Sammy and he had his hands on his head like, oh my god, I fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> and, and God bless Aubrey. Like she throwing like, a bat that far is kind of awkward, though, you know. Yeah, but God bless Aubrey because she stayed like looking the other way for that long to where to where. Here's Jericho what here's three. The turnbuckle. Jericho undoes the turnbuckle, yeah. throws it off the ring. Aubrey gets out of the ring to go get the the turnbuckle pad. What the fuck are you doing, Aubrey? Yeah, that. Well, it was to try to sell the match. Well, it was trying to sell where Sammy got the belt, the the bat to Jericho, and he could yeah. use it. But then Sammy missed the fucking cue. <laughs> so Aubrey, I think, kind of like improvised. It was like, I'm gonna go out here and get this. I think she did a great job of it because you can't say the referee saw what happened and didn't do nothing. She had her back turned the whole time. Yeah, that's it, it. But like, you know, if she's if she's supposed to be playing the ref, <laughs> maybe maybe she should have taken a bump or something. Maybe I don't know, but still, it worked out. Yeah, it it, it did ultimately. Uh, biggest story of the exposed turn, turnbuckle. Jericho uh, hits him with the Judas effect. Moxley. Jewish Judas effect, and then Moxley cinches in the real rear naked choke. Did you see the blood pouring out of Jericho? That was so cool. Oh yeah, Jericho is bloody, and uh, Mox got the submission on it, which I thought was a great end of that match. That it went by submission. You know what made it so much better was Taz, who is a master of submission, was like. It's no bad thing to tap right now. Yeah. So he, he did. He he did say that in commentary. Yeah. It's so, a good. Yeah, it's, it saved Jericho's character a little bit. But yeah. hey, let's get to the best part. Come on, I'm about to sing. <laughs> well, outrun Sammy Guevara and Jake Hager, <laughs> then Ortiz, Kingston, Claudio, the rest of the JS comes out. Then. Punk's music hit. Mussolini and Kennedy. <laughs> he clears the ring. The greatest of all time is back. Yep, and then he cleared the ring, leaving him and Mox in the ring. They both stare each other down. Mox just punk and walks up the ramp with the belt over his shoulder. That moment when they were staring each other down, I loved that. It was so great. It was almost like somebody put a picture. It was either on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, but like they showed Austin and Rock how they would like look back and forth. And it was kind of how Punk and Moxley did it. 
Yeah. And like the crowd pop for 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 uh, Punk, he comes out. You know, he clears the ring, and then you can see Moxley like he has his back turned to Punk, but like you can see him look at the crowd and he kind of shakes his head like he knows Punk's back there. And then we do the stare down. Moxley does the fucking like little elbow shrug and flicks him off and walks out. And then Punk, to make fun of all us inside wrestling people that try to get the scoops, bounces around does the airplane on the bad leg to show that he's yeah, to show that his foot. Stu- I liked that. I loved that. You know what else I love about Punk? It's the little things like, like he has the gray in the beard, like the old grizzled veteran, you know and. He looks over at Moxley while he's on the ground, sits down, and he says, "There's only one thing I'm gonna like, you know, does the belt work?" I like how Punk didn't bring the belt to the ring. He came down there to fight all people because he didn't want Moxley to be too beat up for their match. I don't know what. I mean, maybe having a belt would have made it that much more. No, 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 no. He came out to clear ring. He didn't have time to grab his belt on the way out there. Yeah. As soon as his music hit, he went down there and cleared the ring so nobody could mess with Moxley so Moxley doesn't have an excuse when Moxley eats the GTS and gets counted to one, two, three. But... Which will make me sad still, yeah. but I mean, You're I... Gonna get over you, it, you know, my you know my my bad booking that I want to happen, but <laughs> my it's thing not gonna... Is, well, here, here's the thing, though. If, if Moxley was... Who's Moxley gonna fight afterwards? Here's the thing. Punk oh, he's, what what he would do is have a rematch with Punk and then drop the title. No, you don't have Punk. Punk's only lost one. You you got to make Punk's losses special and a loss to Moxley. Moxley doesn't need the win. Moxley's one of those people who doesn't need a belt. I want to see him be two-time champ officially. Well, the only way he can be two-time champ is if CM Punk wins it again. I'm just saying. And then he beats Punk a second time. But this, the, the, the crowd popped. Punk's back. Um, you got your main event. Yeah, it's to me all is right in the world because my boy is back, my hero's back. He's gonna win his belt in All Out in Chicago, and then we're gonna see Punk and MJF. But um, so great! What a great ending! This and has now- been best. It was the best dynamite I have seen in a while. I, I think like the punk, the punk Moxley stared out on YouTube in like the first two days had like 2.4 million views like people are into this matchup I think it's gonna do I think I know we don't talk ratings but I think Dynamite's gonna do it I think they're gonna be over a million this week and all okay, out are. You. all out I'm gonna buy all out and I'm gonna like hook you up so you can watch it with me but um, it's gonna be great it just it feels like a big time matchup you know what I mean yeah it does. Uh, I I rated this this uh, dynamite five chair shots. I know you did. I'm gonna give it. Uh, I'm gonna go four. That's fair, but I yeah, I, it's a five for me. It was just, just there was there was on the card. I need to see more women though. I need to, to get me too. That's a- I need to see more women wrestling. And I need to see a little bit more character development. Just to be a five. To get a five, to me, this has to be like one of those all-time, you know, like greatest ever. And it was close. It was a great dynamite. Don't get me wrong. 
Um, I think we might get that this week because Davidson and Garcia, that best two out of three falls is going to go like an hour long and it's going to be fucking tremendous. But uh, who, who was your wrestler of the night? Chris Jericho. Oh, God damn it. We we agree. <laughs> Chris Jericho has to be there. We didn't even... We didn't even plan this, but... No, we did not. He came out, like... One thing Chris Jericho said that, like, always will resonate with me a while back. He said, every time I do a new character or a new persona, I change the look. And he went back to the... He looked, like, ten years younger. He looked great. And I think this... I love the jacket, the Lionheart jacket, the the airbrushed leather. This might have been... Jericho, one of Jericho's best matches ever in AEW. I I would agree. And uh, Moxley was part of that. Don't get me wrong, but oh uh, yeah, great story in the ring. Yeah, it was a great. He he hit the code breaker. He hit the walls of Jericho. He hit the lion tamer. He hit the Judas. He hit like all the classic moves and just oh, you're so right, bro. You beat me to it because that's who I was gonna pick too. Uh, yeah, was my wrestler of the night. This, I mean, there, there's no question about it. He was the, he is, he just, uh, so, he did something special. And I cannot wait for tomorrow night. The only thing that I don't look forward to tomorrow night is the varsity, varsity blondes versus the ass boys. But whatever, I hope that's quick. Um, yeah. You, you know we're gonna get a Moxley and Punk stare down that'll probably open the show, and then the end of the show. Did you watch? Um, did you watch Rampage? Um, I'm trying to think. I've watched so much wrestling this week. It's okay, all starting gonna... to beat together. I just want to say right. this. I just want to say this. I could listen to Brian Danielson give a promo every day of the week. Oh, was and... it the? It was it. It was it was when he was Garcia. Yes, he did. A, yeah. He did a promo, and it kind of planted the seeds of because what that was do... a good promo. That was a real good. Well, it's almost kind of like people made fun of, of this promo in a way. Like, if you remember, uh, I think it was SummerSlam 05. It was um, Guerrero versus Mysterio for Dom's rights or something like that. People are saying that an all-out is going to be Jericho versus Danielson for the rights to Garcia. And I think <laughs> it's Gar- the Garcia and the, the, the Black Bull Combat Club. So I think, I think Garcia will win the first fall. Danielson will win the last two, and then. But we're. Well, I love other- how Danielson said he wanted to see, he wanted to see Daniel Garcia, the wrestler. Oh, you're gonna see. Well, what he said in the promo was, I but, saw you fight in an indie show for 60 minutes and some of the best wrestling I ever seen. Yeah. Why do the- you want to? Why, why do you want to be a sports entertainer when you can be the greatest wrestler in the world? And oh my God. That hit me in my feels, bro. Hit me he, in my he, feels. he delivered it well. Yeah, that was that was good. But, bro, we're going to see a great Dynamite this week. And then we're going to see a great Rampage in AEW. Look, WWE getting better is only going to make AEW better. And they're just going to... AEW's been great from the start. And they're just going to keep pumping it out. Yeah. And I... I it, we get the benefits of it all. Hey, so... Um, this weekend, I'm trying to talk to a woman. So I got to try to talk her into. 
It's her birthday this weekend, right? Okay. But guess who's going to be wrestling 20 minutes from me? I have no idea. Who is it? John Moxley and a tag team with Sammy Callahan. Oh, no way. And I'm so trying to get her to go to this match. And I'm so... Am I a bad boyfriend to try and talk my girlfriend into going on her birthday to see <laughs> Sammy Callahan and, I don't, I don't and, and John Moxley? I don't think so. I think that's an, that would be an amazing birthday. Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? There, if people don't know, I live in Cincinnati, Ohio, and they're going to be in Dayton, Ohio, which is about a half-hour drive. The crowd. Uh, yeah. She sent me. She sent me this thing. She was like, "Look who's wrestling uh, in Dayton this weekend." And I was like, "You want to go?" And she's like, "Well, it's my birthday," and I'm like, "Okay." And if I bet, because I can get tickets for like twenty-five bucks, bro. It's like, that's, oh my god. A... And Callahan together. Yeah, I'm trying to talk into it, bro. I'll try to talk into it. We'll we'll see, but um, I, I have to say to... that show that I saw. Um, oh the... yeah, tell people because you you deserve this. You got to go out the other night and see some good wrestling. Oh, it was great. It's DCW Devotion Championship Wrestling. You can check them out on Fight. They have episodes on there for free. They were taping an episode when I was there. Uh, Kevin Williams was in the main event who's an impact wrestler and he he was a he, you could just tell he's a pro he's got something he he really uh, he knew how to work the crowd everything he's funny the guy can wrestle so so amazingly I, I I'd like to see him a lot more and that's where people cut their teeth yeah, and uh, and uh, the wrestlers here were amazing. They did uh, it was they just did a great. They they actually do some really good storytelling and and everything. So, so uh, uh, talking about indie wrestling, um, <laughs> since it's called Cincy Wrestling, they had their first uh, match a while back. I went to Cody Hall, Scott Hall's um, son, won the title. Oh, nice. Dalton Castle came out the end. They're coming back. They approved our podcast. So I really? Get, so I can get media credentials. So if I buy tickets to their match, which are not very expensive, I can get interviews for the first hour. So I'm going to buy tickets this weekend. And I'm going to try to get a bunch of interviews for unscripted violence. I get, and I get like, I get... I get access like an hour early to all the wrestlers. Um, JTG is going to be there, uh, part of Crime Time. Um, people like that. So I'm going to try to get some interviews down for Unscripted Violence, bro. That sounds excellent. We'll have to figure out how to set that up. Yeah, I'll try to figure it out. What, what, day, what day of the week is it? Uh, it's going to be a Saturday. I'll have to send you the... Uh, I'll, I'll send you all the info. Also, okay. my, my boy here and... Uh, he sent me something the other day, and Stagger does a great job. You people don't know what he does, but um, like we have listeners in Taiwan and Russia and uh, <laughs> other countries <laughs> that I cannot believe that we have listeners in, which is fucking crazy. Thank you. Um, yes, we're gonna try to take the show live right on YouTube. That's the that's the ultimate goal. 
Um, remind me this weekend. Remind me. Remind me this weekend to try to figure out how to do that on the laptop, and I'll try to do it. Because I want to stay. What I want to do, I do. I want to stay on this platform where everybody knows where we're at, and they like to use their platform to be. I'd like it to be on YouTube as well. Could you imagine? Ultimately, have it live on YouTube, and then, uh, then release it like the next day on here. Could you imagine us doing it live, like us looking at? I mean, we're two ugly dudes, bro. Yeah, I'm gonna have to wear a lucha mask like Excalibur. I will wear my. uh, I have a CM Punk Straight Edge Society mask. I'll wear it online. I don't care. That's badass. I loved the Straight Edge Society. So did I, so did I. But, uh, Luke Gallo. I mean, they could they could reform it now. All they have to do is get Serena Deeb and Luke Gallows. Joey Mercury. Joe, yeah, they need Joey Mercury. Yep. But um, thank you to everybody that listens to our show. Like, if y'all don't if y'all don't know or can't tell. It's just two friends talking about wrestling. Stagger's become one of my best friends in all of anything. And I love this dude to death. And uh, you can find me at jblun23 on Twitter or Jason Wayne Blunt Sr. on Facebook. Yes, and I want to thank everybody too. And Jason's a very close friend to me. And it means a lot doing this pod. It's one of the highlights of my week. It is. It's mine too, and I, I thank everybody for supporting us. Um, speaking of support, ask us to watch these pay per views and everything, if at, if at all. And I am in no way like trying to uh, trying to sell you on anything. But if you uh, go on onto the Anchor um, app and find us. You can actually uh, donate to the podcast if you feel yeah. like it. That that would be a nice thing too. Uh, well, you know, you know, all, all out will be on, you know, all out will be on me. I'm gonna buy it, and you got my info, and we're gonna watch it together, hopefully. Uh, yeah. Actually, an FYI, I might be going. That would be insane. That. One of my bucket lists is to see CM Punk wrestle in Chicago. So that, I told, that's a great bucket list. <laughs> so I told the woman this morning, I said, hey, I can get us tickets for 135 apiece. She said, well, let's make it a weekend. I said, well, you find babysitters for three kids and we'll go. So right now <laughs> we're working on finding a babysitter. And if she does, we're going to make a weekend of it in Chicago. And I'm going to actually see my hero in Chicago wrestle the AEW title and I cannot be more happier but I would love for you to do that because you deserve it man I don't know about that but even if I can't go I'm gonna watch it on pay-per-view just because I support the company but um, I hope so but we'll see and uh, tomorrow night bro do you work tomorrow? I work tomorrow so I'm not gonna be able to chat with you on it you know I'm gonna spoil everything for you but that's all right. Yeah, yeah, you do. You do all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but, all right, uh, man, yeah. it's been great, man. I appreciate you uh, giving me this platform and uh, 
I love talking with you, bro. And uh, I guess we'll do it again next week. Yeah, we will. And just by the way, if you want to of me, uh, it's Stagger Lee on Facebook. Send me a message first, and you know, I, I'll, <laughs> the way my Facebook is set up is like if you send me a message, I go into my message request. I can add you. Um, uh, and also go to our group, uh, Unscripted Violence Pro Wrestling Talk on Facebook and uh, join the group. And also uh, I'm on Twitter, StaggerLee777. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Yes, Tomorrow, sir. It's going to be great. All right, bro. All right. Good night, everybody. Deuce.